0: All right, guys, welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. You're listening to your host, Brandon Gabor. You can follow me at Twitter, at Brandon Gabor. Gabor is spelled G H A B B O U R. You can follow our Twitter account, at Deep Dive FF. Once again, that's at Deep Dive FF on Twitter. On Instagram, the handle is Deep Dive Fantasy Football. All right, welcome in, divers. Let's get right to it. So, to start off this episode, I'm going to jump into a Deep Dive Fantasy Football mailbag. So, I sent out a request for questions, and the listeners came through. First question from FFB Central Who is a player you are trying to get in all of your leagues? So, this is a tough question for me because I have so many people I want to answer with. So I'll give two. I know he's probably asking for one, but I'm going to give him two. Kyler Murray is the first one. His ADP right now is 801 in 12 team leagues. And I love him at that spot. I think the potential that he brings with his rushing ability, and he's actually a very good passer. People overlook it because they see the rushing and think that he's just a running quarterback, but he's not. That's why some people comped him to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was a great runner, but he's also a great passer. And Kyler Murray has a great deep ball, too, and he has a lot of receivers there in Arizona with Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk that can stretch the field and make use of his good deep ball accuracy. He also has Fitzgerald and David Johnson to use the middle and short parts of the field. And he even has Hakeem Butler, who I like, and I'm sure they're going to... To develop him a bit and wait and not throw him right into the roster. But I think by the end of the year, Hakeem is going to be a solid wide receiver, three or four for them. And he's a great red zone target. He's big, but he's actually really fast too. And he's six six, So it's pretty crazy to think about the receiving core they could have in a few years. But I love Kyler Murray. I think he's going to rush for more than 600 yards, more than six touchdowns or right around that mark. And he's probably going to pass for around 3,500, maybe 3,800 passing yards and around 25, 27 passing touchdowns too. So I think his ceiling is incredible. He could finish as the QB1 if Mahomes falters. And I have him at my QB4. He's being drafted around QB9, 10 range. And in the eighth round with the players around him, I like him at that spot a lot. The other player that I'm trying to get in all of my leagues is James White. His ADP right now is 508. He had, he had 125 targets last year, 87 receptions, and 12 touchdowns. Now, they lost Gronk, but they brought in Nikhil Harry. So you might think that Nikhil Harry is going to pick up all the Gronk targets and any other targets they lost, but that's fine, even if that's the case. And even if James White loses some targets... To Damian Harris, which I am projecting. I'm projecting him for a few targets less than last year. The Patriots over the last two years have the second most touchdowns to the running back position. Over the last two years, running backs for the Patriots have scored 48 touchdowns. 48 touchdowns in the last two years at the running back position. Given that Sonny Michel is Taking the bulk of carries and James White is being used more in the receiving role. And Damian Harris is probably more a backup for Sony Michelle's position and going to be used to give him a breather and rest his knees. I think James White's spot is secure, especially considering that going into this year, losing the pieces that New England has lost, James White and Julian Edelman are the top two receivers on that team. At the back end of the fifth round. My wide receiver, 22, James White, is well worth it. I'm usually grabbing him in the back of the fourth, depending on where my pick is. But if I have the swing pick in the back of the fourth, top of the fifth, I'm usually going to take him at the back of the fourth. I don't want to risk losing out on him. The next question is from John. He says, is it time to move on for Matthew Stafford? I believe so. As my quarterback, 26, he's not even ranked as a starter in two quarterback leagues. With Patricia and the new identity that he's bringing to the offense, it's not likely that Stafford's going to have a lot of pass attempts, which limits his ceiling. They want to run the ball and play defense. Also, losing Golden Tate doesn't help, and Stafford's also coming off an injury, so there's also minor concern there. The next question is from Danny. Is it worth drafting OBJ, and Jarvis Landry at their ADP, considering they may hurt each other's touches. I actually really like this question because it helps me or allows me to also touch on something about Baker Mayfield. I have Odell Beckham ranked just about where he's going. His talent and upside is well worth the pick. I do project the Browns to throw less than they did last year on a per-game basis because once Kitchens took over, their win record flipped from one and five with Baker starting to five and two and Baker went from throwing 40 passes per game when they were one and five to 30 passes a game when they were five and two now I don't think he's only going to throw 30 I think it's going to go up a bit but I don't think he's going to throw the ball enough to to spread out enough targets for both of these guys to be extremely relevant but I think Odell Beckham is so good so talented And he's coming from playing with Eli Manning, who we all love to make jokes about. And there's memes of all the times that Eli has missed Odell Beckham. Well, I don't think that's going to happen much with Baker. He's super accurate. So Odell Beckham is well worth it. The upside is awesome. And I still think he's a lock for 140, 150 targets. But I have Jarvis ranked two rounds later than his ADP. His ADP is in the fifth round, and I have Jarvis ranked in the seventh. He's my wide receiver 31. I have him projected for 113 targets, while last year he had 149. I think Jarvis is just straight up being drafted too high, and this is going to be his first time as the number two guy in an offense. We forget that. In Miami, he was the guy, and then he came to Cleveland, and he was the guy. His Targets might be at an all-time career low this year because, like I said, I'm projecting not to throw the ball as much, and there's a lot of targets in Cleveland. There's Duke Johnson, there's Eldo Beckham, there's Antonio Callaway, there's Jarvis Landry, and there's David Njoku. That's already five very good targets for Baker Mayfield, and I don't think Jarvis is going to get enough to produce where he's being drafted at. So yes to Odell and no to Jarvis. Sebastian says, I have trouble buying Juju as a wide receiver one because I don't think he will show up as the number one in the offense. What are your thoughts? Well, Sebastian, I understand your concern, but one thing to keep in mind is even if he wasn't good enough to be a number one guy, although I do think he is, he is locked in for 150 targets or more. Last year, he had 166 targets and Antonio Brown left 169 on the table when he went to the Raiders. I have Juju projected for 189 targets this year, and as my overall second wide receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins. So with Juju, it's true that we haven't fully seen him as the guy, but I do have some stats for you. In the three games that Juju was the wide receiver one in the offense that AB did not play in, the first two games that I'm gonna stat out or list the stats from was the end of his rookie year. So Juju was just a rookie, and these were the two games without A B. The first game he had seven targets, six receptions, 75 yards, and one touchdown, 19.5 fantasy points. The second game without Antonio Brown, 10 targets, nine touch uh nine receptions, 143 yards, one touchdown, 29.3 fantasy points. And this is all PPR, by the way. And then last year, when Antonio Brown sat out the last game for Cincinnati, he had 10 targets, 5 receptions, 37 yards, and 1 touchdown. So, over the three games that Juju has been the wide receiver one, although it's a small sample size, he's averaged 21.1 PPR fantasy points per game. That's a lot. And given that two of those were in his rookie year, that's pretty impressive. I'm sure and everyone would pretty much everyone would agree with this. He's better now than he was in his rookie year. And all three of those games, he also had a touchdown. Antonio Brown has always been a high-touchdown guy, and he's leaving a lot on the table. Now, I don't expect Juju to just pick that up. Some of them will de- be dispersed to maybe Dante or J or James Washington. And also, the offense is probably going to take a st- bit of a step back, but Juju's going to get at least in my projections, the touchdowns he got last year with upside for leading the league in touchdown receptions. So I think Juju's locked and loaded. I don't think you should be worried about him, but I do understand the concern. The targets are the number one thing for me, though. He's a locked and loaded guy. Great question, though, Sebastian. All right, so I'm going to do a 12-team full PPR mock draft for you guys. I'm drafting at the second spot, and let's just get right into it. First, overall, went Saquon Barkley. I just want to say that I absolutely love this second pick. Specifically the second pick because I always get Ezekiel Elliott. Pretty much everyone is still taking Saquon Barkley first overall, which I highly disagree with. There is a very good chance in my mind that he does not finish as a top three or maybe even top five running back because he could experience what David Johnson experienced last year just to a bit of a lesser degree because the offensive line is a bit better but in New York they lost Odell Beckham for the last four weeks of the season and Saquon Barkley's efficiency and everything went down and his points per game went down everything went down for Saquon Barkley I think they'll go even down even more now because Eli Manning's a year older and if they bring in Daniel Jones that doesn't really help Barkley either because Daniel Jones is less likely to check it down to Barkley and he's less likely to get receptions than from Eli Manning at least with Eli Manning he's getting more receptions more targets and obviously more yards from that but no matter who the quarterback is for New York this season I don't expect their offense to be good at all they're probably going to be bottom 10 and last year They were around middle of the pack, 17th in scoring, and so that helped Barkley maintain his high value and high points and everything. But this year, their offense without Odell Beckham is not going to be middle of the pack. They're probably going to be bottom 10, maybe bottom 5 offenses. And that really worries me about Saquon Barkley because it extremely limits his touchdown opportunities and his yards per carry will also probably go down because Odell Beckham is no longer taking the top off the defense and they don't have to worry about a significant wide receiver threat so they can focus all of their defenders and defensive play calling around stopping Saquon Barkley. So that's why I actually have him at my fourth RB behind Elliott, McCaffrey, and Kamara in that order. So second overall, I always take Ezekiel Elliott, so I'll do that right now. So I just took Ezekiel Elliott. Then Christian McCaffrey and Kamara I do have after Elliott and right before Barkley, like I said. But the reason I love the second pick so much is because I think Ezekiel Elliott is clearly the number one guy. To me, in my mind, he's on a good offense that's going to be even better and have more scoring opportunities with Amari Cooper. Last year, he finished as one of the best running backs despite only getting six rushing touchdowns. That's likely to be double digits this year as it usually is. Um, It was just a fluke year for him. That's probably going to regress positively back to the mean. And if you add that in, I think he's going to be very close to, if not leading the league in rushing. As the last three years, he led the league in rushing by yards per game. And so I just I don't see how Ezekiel Elliott does not finish as a top 3 back and honestly I, it's hard for me to picture him not finishing at number 1 because McCaffrey and Camaro are my, are my next guys and with Elliott's receiving prowess finally being realized by the Cowboys offense I think that that adds another dimension to his game and that is the only thing he was really lacking from becoming a all-around do-it-all Running back, and now that he has done that, it's just going to be amazing. And some of you might worry about Amari Cooper, but his receptions actually went up once Amari Cooper joined the team. And it's not even a small sample size because Amari Cooper was with the team for, I believe, nine weeks, either seven or nine weeks. I don't remember if he was there for seven weeks or if he came in week after week seven, but. It's a a big sample size regardless. So I, I don't think I'm not as worried about Tony Pollard as most people are. I think he's more there to spell Ezekiel Elliott and I, I don't think that they would bring him in and to get too much receptions. Maybe Zeke is in the fifty to sixty range and they get Pollard to the twenty thirty range. But I have Zeke projected for around seventy receptions. I don't think Pollard's gonna do much. So I took Zeke. And after Zeke went, then these people went off the board. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Melvin Gordon, Julio Jones, David Johnson, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Odell Beckham, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, Antonio Brown, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Nick Chubb. So just an overview of those players, some of the picks I liked and didn't between my pick is the regarding the receivers, my favorite pick was probably Juju Smith-Schuster. He's my second-ranked wide receiver. I don't see a situation where Juju does not lead the league in targets, and that's one of the biggest things for fantasy receivers. Juju had double-digit touchdowns, if not right there last year and i believe that he will have double digit touchdowns again this year i'm only projecting him for 10 i believe and 189 targets around 120 receptions and there's even more room to grow and i have him at my wide receiver too so if his touchdowns go up and he becomes a 14 15 touchdown guy which is there for his ceiling he's definitely going to be the wide receiver one but I have him at wide receiver, too. A lot of people love Juju and acknowledge this potential that he has, but most of them are not bold enough to rank him there. Well, I am, and I do rank him there. I rank him at two, like I said. And he is my favorite. Him and draft Travis Kelsey are my favorite picks to make in the second round. Another second-round pick that I really like is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is my RB5. I think that the... New coach coming from L.A. where he was the offensive coordinator is going to use Jay, uh, Joe Mixon in a similar way that Todd Gurley was used. And Joe Mixon is going to finally get used in the passing game like he should. They used Gurley in the passing game a lot. And Gurley's not even that great of a receiver. He was just catching slants and taking it to the house. But Joe Mixon is actually a receiver. He's the closest to Kamara and McCaffrey that there is Um because McCaffrey, I mean, he should be a receiver, but Joe Mixon could be a re- actual wide receiver too. He has amazing hands. You can type in Joe Mixon, one hand grabs from last year, and you'll see some nice, nice catches. So I think he'll finally get his receptions up. He'll get the usage that he should. In games where they won, he was much better than games that they lost, and he got a lot more carries in the games that he won. Now, some people might say, well, he got more carries in the games they won because they had a lead and they were trying to run it out. But that's not so much the case. It was the fact that they gave him the carries that they won, not the other way around. Um because when they give him the ball, he shreds the defense. He is an amazing running back. And honestly, I think their 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 offense is definitely gonna be definitely gonna be better than last year, especially with AJ Green healthy, hopefully. And tyler boyd getting you know more opportunities and further developing so i love joe Mixon. he's my rb5 i think he's a steal in the second round as well as juju and Travis kelsey is so far above all the other tight ends which i will explain why in a second that i think he's actually worth a first round pick so he usually goes in the second and i think that's a great value too ertz and kittle i don't really like those picks in the second round I love the tight ends. They are my two and three. I'm not saying that they're busts. I just think that you will regret passing on people that you could get there at that spot for those two tight ends. George Kittle and Zach Ertz are both very similar, in why I f- expect them or at least have their ceiling lowered this year, why I expect them to, to regress a bit. George Kittle was the guy last year. Marquise Gooden was out, and... It was basically him and Dante Pettis. That was basically the offense with, you know, all the running backs that they had. But they're all good guys. They're not great. Now they bring in Tevin Coleman, who is a all-around receiving back. Jarek McKinnon gets back from injury, all-around receiving back. That's already two new receivers in the offense. Then they draft Debo Samuel. Marquise Goodwin comes back from injury, and they draft Jalen Hurd. That's five people in that offense taking targets that were not doing it for most of the year last year and they still have Breda and Mostert and some other guys every single running back and this is very rare but every single running back in San Francisco can catch the ball most teams have a specific running back that can do that every single running back can do that in San Francisco and also we haven't seen Kittle with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, that long. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been there for two years. Yeah, but he keeps getting injured. And so who knows how much he's going to get targeted compared to the other players. You know, Pettis is great. He's breaking out. Goodwin has had a good track record with Garoppolo and was part of the reason he was drafted so high last year was because we were so excited for Goodwin being with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think that there's a good chance that Kittle has too much competition and his touchdowns could go down, his targets could go down. I still have him as my tight end three, rightly so, and I still think he should be drafted there, but not in the second round. I think he should be drafted as the tight end three, just not that high. Same with Zach Ertz. They added Deshaun Jackson, and Dallas Gotter is developing and is probably going to poach more touchdowns this year than he did last year. They also added J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's a, they're going to use in the red zone as a red zone threat while they develop him, and eventually he will take over for Alshon Jeffrey. But for this year, they're probably going to pull him into the lineup once they're in the red zone as another box-out threat receiver who reminds me of Mike Evans. And then they drafted Miles Sanders, who was behind Saquon Barkley, which is actually very intriguing to me because he, in his loan season as a starter last year, did amazing. I'm not saying he's Saquon Barkley, obviously he's not. Nobody is, but Miles Sanders, if Saquon Barkley was never there, might have been a first-round pick this year because he would have had more time to shine and show what he can really do. And he also is a great receiver. So that's, let's see, Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Dallas Goddard developing, and Miles Sanders. That's four new targets in that offense. And Zach Ertz had a bunch of targets last year. They're probably going to go down. So the risk that hangs over George Kittle and Zach Ertz is what makes me love Travis Kelsey so much more because Travis Kelsey is the guy it's him and Tyree Kill once Tyree Kill comes back and I don't see how Travis Kelsey's not the tight end one I mean obviously it's fantasy football crazy things can happen but barring injury Kelsey is locked and loaded and he is well worth a first round pick so him in the second round is awesome trying to see if there's any picks I didn't really like other than the tight ends um Gurley. i mean he's a high risk high reward player so i don't mind that because uh, we know that he could be the rb1 and nick chubb also went right before my pick he was the last person picked before my pick and i do not like nick chubb at all in the second round especially not in any form of ppr because he's not going to catch passes i mean it's plain, it's plain and simple. PPR, those running backs at the top, unless they're rushing for 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns, they need receptions to be relevant. And Nick Chubb is not that guy. They have Duke Johnson. They just added Odell Beckham. They have Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku. They have weapons, and I expect them to pass less than they did last year now that they had a better defense, a good run game, and are less likely to be trying to play catch-up. So Nick Chubb, I'll be surprised if he catches more than 15 passes this year. I really don't think they're going to use him that way. They're just going to ground and pound with him. I do think he's a great running back. He's going to be good for standard leagues. But as high as the second round, I think there are much better options to go with there. So now we're back at my pick. I have Ezekiel Elliott. And the people that I'm looking at right now are Mike Evans, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, and that's pretty much it that's what i'm looking at those are who i'm going to decide between because there's also keenan allen but i think that with hunter henry coming back and mike williams further becoming involved in the offense i think it's going to hurt keenan Allen a little bit and keenan Allen's never been a touchdown guy he usually gets around six or seven touchdowns sometimes even five or four so i don't personally like taking keenan allen this high i do like him a lot though but not over Mike Evans, A.J. Green, and Amari Cooper. A.J. Green is my seventh ranked ranked wide receiver. And so I'm gonna take A.J. And the reason I have him as my seventh receiver is because they're gonna have a good offense with the new coordinator, like I was talking about earlier. And just as I said, Joe Mixon is probably gonna get used and get the usage similar to Todd Gurley. We have three receivers in Los Angeles with the Rams that are fantasy relevant all finished as wide receiver twos are better between Cooks Cooper Cup and um, Robert Woods I know Cooper Cup got hurt but by points per game when he was in there, they were all wide receiver twos and so I think that those similar amount of targets are going to get spread around in Cincinnati except they don't have a third relevant receiver people like some people might still like John Ross but it's it's done it's fair to call him a bust at this point I think that A.J. Green is going to get around 150 targets, assuming health and projecting health, as we always do. I think he's a locked and loaded wide receiver one. He's probably going to get around 1,300 yards, 10-ish touchdowns. And I think that he is just going to be a beast again. And not to mention that the Rams' defense is much better than the Bengals' defense. So the fact that the Bengals are going to be playing a lot of catch-up and they're going to have a high-flying offense between Boyd, A.J. Green, and Joe Mixon. I think that all of all three of the Bengals' offensive stars are all undervalued, and all of them are well worth where they're being drafted at ADP. So I'm going to take A.J. Green. Now, with my next pick, since I picked second overall, there was only two picks between my A.J. Green pick and my next one. So I still have Amari Cooper on the board. The people that went was Mike Evans and Damian Williams. Those were the two that went. So now in the third round, I have to decide whether I want to take Amari Cooper. He's my next highest ranked wide receiver. Or if I want to take Leonard Fournette, he is my, I think, RB12, if I remember correctly. And that's pretty much what I'm choosing between. Since I already have A.J. Green, he does carry some injury risk. I don't want to go Leonard Fournette because if Leonard Fournette and A.J. Green both end up getting hurt and I'm just left with Ezekiel Elliott out of my top three picks, I'm not feeling comfortable. And I know Amari Cooper's been injured a few times, but it's a lot less likely he gets injured than Leonard Fournette. And Amari Cooper, when he was with Dallas, was a wide receiver one by points per game. And I have him ranked that way. I have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver nine either 9 or 10, um, and so pairing him with AJ will give me a good 1-2 punch at receiver, and Zeke is the overbearing RB1, in my opinion, so I think I can wait and see what will drop to me in the fourth round, I'm playing a little bit risky because I really want to be able to get Aaron Jones or um, on Johnson, so we'll see who drops to me, but I am going to take Amari Cooper. Alright, so I just drafted Omari Cooper, and these are the people that went. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers were the two quarterbacks that went. Sorry, give me one second. And then Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Leonard Fournette, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Marlon Mack, Jillian Edelman, Kenny Galladay, Devonta Freeman, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Kerryon Johnson, Deshaun Watson, Derrick Henry, and Sammy Watkins. So I have a very, very interesting choice to make right now. So I have Ezekiel Elliott, A.J. Green, and Amari Cooper. I can solidify and completely lock down my receiver position right now and then just go RB heavy and then take a few more receivers in the back end of the draft if I take Cooper Cup, because Cooper Cup, while he was on the field, was a wide receiver one last year, because he is the red zone target of Jared Goff. Once they hit the red zone, Jared Goff's favorite target is Cooper Cup. He will lead the team in receiving touchdowns. I have not projected, it's a bit of a hot take, but I have not projected for 12. Last year, he was on pace for, I think, 13 or 14. And so I have... Him projected for 12 touchdowns. And even if that goes down, he's not going to be worse than a wide receiver 2. Probably a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver 2. But with that touchdown upside, he could be a wide receiver 1 as he was by points per game last year. So I have to choose between him or my highest-ranked running back, Kenyon Drake or O.J. Howard. I do have two picks back-to-back, though, and I don't want to risk losing Cooper Cup. O.J. Howard and Kenyon Drake, one of those two, Will definitely be there for me so i think i'm gonna lock it down lock down the receiver position i'm gonna go with my projections i'm gonna grab cooper cup so zeke is my only running back right now and now i have three locked and loaded receivers i think they're all wide receiver ones but they obviously Might not all finish as wide receiver ones, but they're definitely all wide receiver twos are better. Obviously, AJ Green definitely is a wide receiver one. And so that position is locked down. I don't have to worry about receiver for quite a while. OJ Howard and Kenyon Drake are both still there for me. Obviously, none of them are going to drop down in the later rounds. But if I choose to pass on the tight end position, then I will have to go tight end very late. I'm very um, bullish on the top five tight ends. You're either getting Kelsey, well for me specifically, I already said I don't like Kittle and Ertz at their ADP. So you're either getting Kelsey, or you're getting OJ Howard and Evan Ingram in the 5th, 6th round. Well, back of the 4th to beginning of the 6th round. That's the range that I like those two tight ends. They're both ranked very similarly to me, and their ADP is fair, it's a good value. And I have to choose between OJ Howard and Kenyon Drake. I don't know that I want to take O.J. Howard and watch all these running backs fly off the board because, remember, I had the second overall pick. So the gap between my next pick after this one is is 22, 22 picks. So I could definitely lose either 20 or 22 picks. So I can definitely lose a lot of running backs. And if I don't take Kenyon Drake now, I'm going to lose out on uh Josh Jacobs who I really like Mark Ingram James White I like all those guys David Montgomery is probably going to be gone and then I'm looking at as my RB2 Darius Geis which I hate at his ADP Latavius Murray Jarek McKinnon yeah I have to pull the trigger and hope that one of the tight ends falls to me if not I'll take Jordan Reed at the very back of the draft so I'm going to take Kenyon Drake. All right, and then let's see if there's any running backs that were left for me. It's running through the picks right now. All right, so after I took Kenyon Drake, the running backs that went off the board, Sony Michelle, Josh Jacobs, Tariq Cohen's still there, Chris Carson went, Mark Ingram went. Oh, no way. James White is still on the board. That is perfect. This could not have worked out better for me. James White in full PPR, which is what I have the draft set to, the mock draft set to and what i said i was doing from the beginning james white is a beast in ppr everyone thinks that the running back situation in new england is hard to deal with they want to stay away from it but let me tell you this the only reliable and consistent targets for tom brady this year are julian edelman and james white josh gordon we have no idea what's going on with him yet we don't know if he's gonna play or not Gronkowski retired, and the, all he has right now is those two people in the receiving game and Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry's a rookie, and we know, I'm sure most of you guys know that rookie receivers usually take a long time to pick up speed, usually are not relevant until the back half of a season, and I don't think he's going to come in and contribute right away, and even when he does, that's still only three significant targets in that offense. James White is a lock. I'm planting my flag right here. Hashtag plant my flag. James White is a lock for 100 plus targets and 70 plus receptions. So I have him ranked around RB20 in PPR. And I think that's amazing to pair with Ezekiel Elliott and Kenyon Drake. So I'm going to take James White. And going back to Kenyon Drake, just real quick side note. I have him at my RB12. Some people think that's too high, but they're going to try to run in Miami the offense that mirrors the Patriots offense. Kenyon Drake and Kalen Bellage are the two running backs in Miami. Kalen Bellage is not a receiving guy. He's a big pounder, kind of like LeGarrette Blunt was when LeGarrette Blunt was back in New England, but he's also not nearly as good as LeGarrette Blunt was. Kalen Bellage usually doesn't break tackles. He's not a slippery guy. He He's just your one one yard line back. And Kenyon Drake is better in every facet of the game. Yards per carry, elusive rating, everything. He's faster. He's more dynamic. He's the receiver. So I think Kenyon Drake is going to get treated like James White in the receiving game. And I just told you how much I love White. He's going to get treated like that. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's probably going to get more than 50 receptions. And he's also going to get more carries. At least I'm predicting more carries than Kalen Bellage. And I think he's going to combine for around 10 total touchdowns. And that's why I have him at my RB12. So just to recap, I had the second overall pick so far. I went Ezekiel Elliott. Then at the back end of the second round, A.J. Green. Top of the third, Amari Cooper. Back of the fourth, Cooper Cup. Top of the fifth, Kenyon Drake. And then the sixth round, I took James White. So now I have a pick again and let's see who is there for me so I already got well I'm pretty even now three and three at running back receiver I'm equally confident in both of those positions so I'm just going to take best player available these are the guys ranked highest on the board and then I'll tell you who I'm going to take Philip Lindsay Tariq Cohen Marvin Jones Lamar Miller Will Fuller Russell Wilson Sterling Shepard Golden Tate Darius Geist Jared Cook Christian Kirk so we know that running backs often get injured and are much more or carry a much higher injury risk than wide receivers i like philip Lindsay, whether or not he gets the amount of carries and the carry percentage and usage that he did last year he's still going to be very relevant in the receiving game and he's still going to get at least 40 percent of the carries there and i have him as a rb2 and he's the highest person that i have ranked on the board the if I wasn't taking Philip Lindsay, I would probably be taking uh, Christian Kirk, but I'm going to take Philip Lindsay, and we'll see what, what ends up uh, falling to me in the next round after this uh, after this pick. So I just took Philip Lindsay, and the next people drafted were Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller, Larry Fitzgerald, Nikhil Harry, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, Marvin Jones... Uh, David Montgomery, Russell Wilson, Eric Ebron, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Cam Newton, Tevin Coleman, Drew Brees, Cortland Sutton, Carson Wentz, Rashad Penny. A lot of quarterbacks. I absolutely love when this happens. So, I am very, uh, in favor of quarterbacks late going quarterbacks late, and part of the reason I'm I've always been this way, but. This year, I've never in any other year of fantasy football had so many quarterbacks rated in the top 10 that are being drafted outside of the top 10. And I have a lot of those this year. The main ones being Kyler Murray. He's my QB4, and he's being drafted at the back end of QB1s. Dak Prescott's my QB5. He's been a QB1 every year of his career. And last year with Amari Cooper, he was averaging about 20 points per game and four uh, per passing touchdown leagues, which is very good. It's a top, I believe he was top six last year. I have him ranked at six this year, and or I have him ranked at five this year after Kyler Murray. My sixth is Josh Allen, but Kyler Murray is amazing. He's probably going to throw for around 3,500 with a ceiling of 4,000, 4,200 passing yards, but I have him projected for around 3,700 passing yards. And then he's probably going to throw similar to what Baker did last year, although in more games cuz Baker only started 13 but i think Kyler Murray's a lock for 3500 and 23 passing touchdowns but i have him that that's what he, his floor is to me which is which is a very good floor but i have him projected for 3700 yards passing 27 passing touchdowns over 600 yards rushing and around 6 rushing touchdowns and that puts him at my RB or QB4 I almost said running back because he does look like a running back a lot of the time. And unless he gets injured, I don't see how he doesn't finish as at least a QB1. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are terrible passers, and they were both back-end QB1s last year. Josh Allen was about the QB1 or 2 in the last four or five weeks of the season. I know that's a small sample size, but it's just to show you how you don't have to be a good passer of the football in fantasy football to be relevant. You just have to rack up fantasy points. And a lot of people complain about the fact that you get so much from rushing out of quarterbacks, but I like it because if running backs and receivers get a point for 10 rushing yards, why shouldn't quarterbacks? They're moving the change just as much. So I love Kyler Murray. Dak Prescott is a lock for six rushing touchdowns. He's had exactly six all three years of his career. So it's silly to not project six. Um, not saying that he's going to get six exactly, but he's definitely going to be right right there. And he's probably going to run around 300, 350 rushing yards. So I have him with a safe floor as well. But the edge for Dak Prescott for me is that he has Michael Gallup. And if you watch, go back and watch some games, cowboy games, not highlights, because then you won't see it. I watched about six games and I watched... Dak Prescott missed Michael Gallup on what would have been a 40, 35, 50-yard touchdown pass by one yard, sometimes one foot. And Michael Gallup was going to take it all the way. Michael Gallup is a very talented receiver. He's very fast. He gets behind the defense a lot. And like I said, I saw him four or five times miss a 40-yard touchdown pass by one yard. And I think that that's just a chemistry problem. And I don't think that that's something that can't be fixed. I think it will be fixed. I think Dak Prescott is going to be able to hit at least half of those this year. And that was in a, a small sample size when Gallup was getting playing time. And that was only about eight weeks of the season. So I honestly think that he can hit Dak, uh, Michael Gallup on four deep bomb touchdowns this year. And that's going to significantly raise his ceiling in yards per game and uh, touchdowns as well. So I really like Dak Prescott. He's definitely going to be a QB one and he's being drafted outside that. So he's a value in and of itself there without my, um, without my opinion, just in terms of history, but I love him and I think he's a steal. I love pairing them together too, because it's the perfect combination of upside and safety. So that's why I like going quarterback late and I love when quarterbacks go in the middle of the draft because <clears throat> then good people very good players are left for me so let me tell you the top ranked players left on the board right now Jared Cook David Njoku I don't like the tight ends outside of the big five I like taking tight end at the end if I don't get one of the big five so I'm not gonna worry about those guys D.D. Westbrook Jameis Winston Latavius Murray Curtis Samuel Leshawn McCoy, Jared Goff, Jarek McKinnon, Vance McDonald, Anthony Miller, Royce Freeman, Geronimo Allison, those are the top guys that are left. And Kyler Murray actually did go, um, but that's fine because there's still Dak Prescott, my fifth rate, rate, uh, fifth rated quarterback, and Josh Allen, who's my sixth rated quarterback because of his rushing as well, so I'm not going to worry about that. And I'm going to take the highest person on my board right now, and I believe that person is Latavius Murray. That's gonna give me my fourth running back to go with my four receivers. And both of those positions are locked and loaded. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Latavius Murray. So just to recap, this is what my team looks like. It is Ezekiel Elliott, Kenyon Drake, James White, Phillip Lindsay. Latavius Murray, AJ Green, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup. Oh, that's right. Okay. So I went five RBs, three wide receivers. I thought that I, uh, I forgot I didn't take Kirk and then I took James White. So that's actually awesome, though. I love this team. Five strong RBs. That's the more problematic position. And AJ Green, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, all three of those receivers, like I've already talked at length, I love them. So I'm just going to go ahead and go back, and let's see who's on the board for me. So I have three receivers, so that's probably what I'm looking for. And we have Dee Westbrook, Curtis Samuel, and is Geronimo uh, Allison went between my pick of Latavius Murray. That's who I was hoping to get, but yeah, so I have two good options in Curtis Samuel and D.D. Westbrook. The problem with D.D. Westbrook is you're projecting him to be the favorite target of Nick Foles. And that's a very, very risky thing to do. We have no idea who Nick Foles is gonna target. And personally, I do think it is D.D. Westbrook, but it's not worth the risk to me. I'm gonna go ahead and take Curtis Samuel. He's a very dynamic player on a dynamic offense, assuming Cam Newton is healthy. And I think he's the best wide receiver left on the board. So let me just scroll down real quick, check, make sure there's nobody I'm missing that's being hidden, there's not. So I am definitely gonna be taking Curtis Samuel. And he's gonna be my wide receiver four. And remember this is a 12 team full PPR league in case you missed it from the beginning. So now comes the big gap between my picks. And we're gonna see who's there. Now's the time when I'll think about uh in the tenth round. Now I'm gonna start thinking about looking at the quarterback situation, tight end situation, because we're in the end of the draft, and see if I want to take any of them, if there's not anybody specific at the main positions that I like. So the Arby's and wide receivers that intrigue me, that are on the board, are Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Anthony Miller's there, but I'm not very high on him. I know a lot of people are. Michael Gallup is there, Matt Breida. My Breed is interesting. He's a good flyer, but you only take him hoping that either McKinnon or Coleman go down because I think those are the top two backs, Coleman being the first. Adrian Peterson and Peyton Barber are here. I think I I I can get them later. Um, So I might go ahead and take my quarterback because he is, there's a good chance he's going to be gone, Dak Prescott. So I'm going to go ahead and take him. But just a quick note on Adrian Peterson and Peyton Barber. I don't know why, but Darius Geis is being drafted around the seventh round. He's not going to be the starting running back for the Washington Redskins. And here's my case. Adrian Peterson left or requested a trade from New Orleans once he figured out he was not going to be the guy. Once he was not happy with his carries, he left. He went to Washington knowing that Darius Geis had had his ACL torn. He stayed in Washington. He balled out last year. Now he's still there. He re-signed with them. And why would he do that if he's not going to be the number one? Also, why would Adrian Peterson come out and say he's his goal is two thousand yards if he knows he's not going to be getting the bulk of the carries? I'm telling you right now, Adrian Peterson will get the most carries in Washington. Darius Skies is being drafted way too high. And for people that are going zero RB, Or just happen to find themselves in that situation where they there was so many good wide receivers at the top of the draft they couldn't pass up and you're looking for running backs in the late rounds. Adrian Peterson and then Peyton Barber are guys that I love. Peyton Barber, this is coming from a Bucks fan, is probably gonna get more carries than Ronald Jones. I know a lot of people are saying, Oh, Ronald Jones is probably gonna break out this year and all of this stuff, but Peyton Barber's a, a good running back. He's not great. I'm not going to be biased as a Bucks fan and say, oh, he's all that. He's he's not. He's not. He's. You could say he's just a guy, but he's a tough guy, and he can take a big workload, and he did much better than Ronald Jones last year. And I see the split being 50-50, 60-40, and if it's 60-40, it's going to be in Peyton Barber's favor. And Peyton Barber has gotten so much praise from Bruce Arians voluntary praise that they, they didn't go to Arians and ask him you know what do you like about Barber they asked him what do you like on this team what were some things you liked that made you come here and outside of Jameis Winston one player that he chose to highlight voluntarily without being asked was Peyton Barber so I'm telling you Peyton Barber is gonna get more carries than Ronald Jones and last year the Bucks had barely any rushing touchdowns as a team well Arians likes to use his running backs, and I definitely believe the Bucks are going to have more rushing touchdowns this year. They're still going to have a high-flying offense that has to score a lot, especially because the defense is not going to be much better than it was last year. So between those two guys, those are two really good guys to get late. And I just wanted to let you guys know that because, you know, people find themselves in different situations a lot in drafts, and if that's a situation you find yourself in, those are the guys I would be looking for. Also, Justice Hill, there's a chance that he passes up uh, Mark Ingram or Damian Harris, if Sonny Michelle gets hurt, he'll be a great, great running back. So I took Dak Prescott, like I said I was going to. So now, uh, only two people went between that pick, and it was Austin Hooper and Austin Eckler. Sweet, so neither two were people that I was looking for. So now I have to decide whether I want to pair my safe Dak Prescott to my very similar to Kyler Murray type of high reward, somewhat risky quarterback in Josh Allen. But I'm not sure if I want to pair Josh Allen and use a bench spot because I'm only going six bench spots. We're not drafting defense or kicker. It's pretty, honestly, it's really irrelevant. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and take one of those two running backs I was just telling you about just because I have two bench spots left and I'm not going to use them for a second quarterback or a second tight end so me having four receivers and five running backs I like to have more running backs on my roster to start the year than wide receivers because you can find equal amounts of receivers and running backs on the waivers but running backs on waivers cost way more if you use fab or if you just do regular priority you're going to need that priority for running backs wide receivers it's a lot easier to find them so I like going less wide receivers in the draft, stocking up on running backs. So I'm going to go ahead and get between Peyton Barber and Adrian Peterson. um, It's a tough call for me. But Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, Bruce Arians poses a bit of a threat. Or not Bruce Arians, sorry. Bruce Anderson poses a bit of a threat. He's an undrafted free agent that we signed. He looks pretty good. But I think it's basically between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones here. In Washington, it's between Adrian Peterson, Darius guys, Chris Thompson, and um, Bryce Love. So the fact that the Bucks have a better offense and less running backs competing for carries means that I'm going to take Peyton Barber. <clears throat> All right, so now we have the big gap. And in this gap, went Matt Breda, Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson, Damian Harris, Michael Gallup, Edo Smith, Jalen S- Samuels, Devin Singletary, Mike Davis, Kalen Ballage, Delaney Walker, Chris Herndon, TJ Hawkinson, Trey Burton, MVS, Duke Johnson, Justice Hill. So all those running backs went in that area, so I'm happy I grabbed Peyton Barber. CJ Anderson, Kenny Sells, and Goddard. So Hill and um, Breda, who's also another good one, if Coleman or... Um, McKinnon go down, which is likely to happen, and uh, Adrian Peterson went in that range, so I'm happy that I grabbed my running back before they all went, so now I'm feeling really good at the running back position. I don't want to risk losing out on my late round tight end Jordan Reed, so I'm going to go ahead and take him. I love Jordan Reed if you wait on tight end because he is the best receiver in Washington, so I just took him. And also, especially if Dwayne Haskins starts, rookie tight ends tend to... or rookie quarterbacks tend to lean on tight ends a lot um, because tight ends are usually more open than other positions and it's easy to scheme them open, make it look like they're blocking and then they slip out for an out route or a quick slant. So Jordan Reed is likely to be the number one receiver while he's healthy there. Um, but we know he's starting the season healthy and that's what's important when you're taking a late round uh, tight end. So I took... um. I took Jordan Reed. So now looking on at the board, I wanna see if I can find another flyer receiver. And the best receivers that are still there, none of them really intrigue me at all, other than Devontae Parker. Oh, let me see if Albert Wilson is on the board. I love Albert, he is. Okay, Albert Wilson is on the board. I love Albert Wilson. I'm going to go ahead and take him because I have Albert Wilson as a wide receiver three ranked as my uh, wide receiver three. He's I think in the late twenties for me, he's expected to be used in the slot in Miami. And remember they're mirroring the new England offense. So if they are mirroring the new England offense, then that means that they need their Julian Edelman. And that is going to be Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson is probably going to lead that team in targets And he's going to be the safest receiver out of him, Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker. And so I just finished my draft because it was six bench spots. So I'm going to go over the roster. I'm just going to read it as the starting roster and then the bench spots. So my starting roster week one is Dak Prescott at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Right there, I have all of Dallas's touchdowns covered, so that's cool. I actually like the quarterback-running back duo. I don't try to draft it purposely, but I like it when it works out that way. So Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, then Kenyon Drake at RB2. My starting receivers, Adrian Green, Amari Cooper. Starting tight end, Jordan Reed. My flex is Cooper Cup or James White. I'll have to decide based on matchups and how I feel if Cooper Cup is feeling good off the ACL. Uh, probably sit him for a few weeks, let him fully recover and get his groove going. So I'm probably gonna slide James James White into the flex spot, and I feel extremely confident in that. Philip Lindsay, Latavius Murray, Curtis Samuel, Peyton Barber, Albert Wilson, and I do want to say that I have Philip Lindsay ranked above James White, but I am gonna start James White in week one, not Philip Lindsay, because I know James White is gonna get a bunch of targets. I know he's gonna be used a lot. I don't know how they're going to split the carries between Lindsay and Freeman. And I don't expect that offense to be that great in the first place. So if I don't know that Lindsay is for sure the guy there, then I'm going to go ahead and start James White and see what happens. And I did this on Fantasy Pros with their mock draft. They gave me an A minus. I got a 90 out of 100. You should go ahead and do mock drafts as much as you can. They'll prepare you for any situation at any point in the draft and help you be flexible. And that's it for the mock draft episode. Have a good one.